And now, Geico Saving Stories. Russell Burton closed his laptop, having just switched his car insurance to Geico. He didn't think much of it until... Savings were everywhere. My pockets, uh, wallet, bank accounts. It was like the savings were following me. Following, indeed. All because of an innocent 15 minutes on Geico.com. I feel like I'm never alone. Geico. Spend 15 minutes and 15% or more in savings could be following you. Sharing 
some news that is informative, hopefully educational, hopefully of value to the listeners as we sort through the political and cultural matrix of our society. Tonight I want to talk about fake news. Fake news, Colin, number is 619-638-8559, If you do call in, I will be taking calls in probably 20 or 30 minutes, 619-638-8559. Fake news has been all the rage, uh, one of the talking points in the corporate or mainstream media has been about fake news. There's been this outrage, which I think the outrage is largely fake. And I think most of the talking points we get from the corporate media are largely fake, meaning uh, it's uh, it's basically disinformation. It's, uh, it's a rabbit trail. It's, mis- it's misdirection. Yes, there are fake websites uh, if you use if you use Facebook in particular, you will run into them. I do it on a regular basis. I'll see them. Yes, there are fake websites, which obviously do have completely fake news sites. Uh, sometimes there are sites like The Onion that are satirical. Some people misinterpret an Onion article as if it's real. But other sites are more devious, and they are attempting to uh, manipulate people. I think in many cases they are satire sites, and uh, yeah, well-meaning people just you know will post something <laughs> on their Facebook page or somewhere else. They'll send it out on social media and uh, not realize it is uh, it was it was false. It was it was a joke and it was meant to be a joke. Uh, th- this whole phenomena of, of fake websites and fake news stories, whether it's satirical like The Onion or whether it's not. This is not a huge issue. In other words, this is not something of concern because I think a lot of people, whether it's Facebook or elsewhere, okay, you post something. If it's fake, hopefully you pull it down. If not, yeah, there's a lot of people I think that you know, can are you know, bright enough to you know, click on the site, read something, maybe go to the home page, and then you realize inside about, oh, one, two, three minutes, yeah, the site is completely bogus, whether it's satirical or whether it's not, that uh, you can't take it seriously. But these, you know, the, the, the sum total of the influence of all these fake sites and fake news is minimal. What's happening, the talking point in the mainstream media, is that they are losing the narrative, and they're upset. They're losing the narrative. By the narrative, I mean they're losing the ability to largely shape public opinion. And the new media, which most people call the alternative media, is filling that gap. And poll after poll, the majority of the people do not trust those in government. Yes, it's it's come out. I didn't didn't pull up any poll numbers. That that should be no surprise to anyone listening tonight. The majority of people, majority of the U.S. public does not, do not trust majority of people in, in power. Majority of the people also do not trust the news agencies with good reason because they've been caught lying again and again and again. Do you remember those weapons of mass destruction 
that were used to precipitate uh, an offensive war of aggression against Iraq. Do you remember that? Well, no one really talks about the number of civilian casualties in Iraq. No one talks about the massive amount of people in Iraq that were against the U.S. occupation. Yeah. Most people were glad Saddam was gone. Uh, most, perhaps yeah, even more, <laughs> were against the U.S. occupation. Why? About 25%, one of every four Iraqis become, became refugees. We don't have a real number of civilian casualties because the U.S. military did not consider that a valid number to record. And it's not like the U.S. military wants to save money. They specifically didn't record those numbers because it would be an embarrassment. So on the downside, I mean, a really, really, really conservative number of, of uh, Iraqi civilians that died would be 600,000. It's probably well over 1.5 million. You could go back to sanctions, U.S. sanctions against Saddam that were that were uh, done during the Clinton years by the Clinton administration, and we have we have those famous videos by Madeleine Albright when she was asked on 60, 60 Minutes, was it was it valuable? Was it right? Was it can do you defend? In other words, the question was, can you defend? Do you still stand by the decision of those sanctions that killed five hundred thousand? a half a million Iraqi children, and there's also over a million Iraqi civilians, uh, I mean, beyond the children, yeah, and I'm mad on the yes, yes, I, I, I support that policy, so when, when we get into, when we get into fake news, you know, the, the real purveyors of fake news is the government using the corporate media, and I say the government uses corporate media, uh, there's a very very high level of control over the news agencies. Very high level. Extremely high level. And so then if this information is new to you, you immediately start to say, Well, you're saying everyone you're saying you're saying the guy I listen to who gives me the weather he has everyone on the take. <laughs> and this is what it comes down to really. To to simplify the discussion and you know we'll get into this in the show and I'll give you some facts. So you, so you don't just think it's me. Yeah spouting off this stuff, uh, making this up. Uh, you get some facts tonight on this, but I think in general, it's simplified. Everyone in the news media, whether it's a local anchor, in, whether it's a local anchor in uh, in the metropolitan area, or whether it's uh, a national news reporter, they're in one of two categories. They're either A, they're complicit. In other words, they full well know they're given talking points. And they know if they want to advance in their career, they'll do what they're told. They may not ask questions about those talking points, but they're just simply they're going about their business. The goal is not true investigative reporting, which is a rarity these days. <laughs> when you talk to Cy Hirsch, <laughs> he, he exposed the My Lai massacre in Vietnam. Uh, still alive. And uh, he still talks about how you know, the New York Times is... Yeah, prostituted itself today. Very little legitimate investigative reporting out there. Most of it's done by independents, and that's a good part of the reason why people in droves are turning off corporate media outlets and turning towards new, 
which people call alternative media. Notice I said alternative, I didn't say alt-right. This alt-right, this is another talking point that's being created by the corporate media to smear people that they disagree with. All right? So, so I'm, I'm not going there. But the people in the media, whether it's, in, whether it's an anchor, a TV anchor, and a local corporate affiliate, CBS, NBC, ABC, Fox, where there's someone, a national reporter or correspondent, they're either complicit or they simply know that if they want to get ahead, they don't ask questions. They immediately drop stories when they're told to, and they just gravitate towards what's popular, which is, to a large degree, it's it's a distraction. It's not designed to to get us to really think. It's designed to control us. So it's designed to control us. Again, if, if you've never heard that, that may appear outrageous to you. You might think, well, I know it's bad. I know there's bias. A lot of people say it's a liberal bias. No, uh-huh. Like most issues, this is not a left-right issue. This isn't a conservative-liberal issue. This isn't Democrat-Republican. As you well know, uh, the difference between the parties are minimal. It's It's rhetoric. It's rhetoric. It's rhetoric. They communicate differently. They basically will say different things, but they deliver the same policies. Okay, that, that's why it's so incredibly difficult to change anything, whether it's in Washington, D.C. or in the State House, because the two parties largely cooperate together. They largely have the same agenda. They like to fight. They like to fight over symbolic issues and not over real issues. A, a great case in point, uh, not to distract myself since I don't have a guest, the host tonight would be HB2 in North Carolina. House Bill 2 in North Carolina has gotten national attention. And uh, at face value, it was a good, you know, it looks like a good effort because um, the state legislature, North Carolina General Assembly, stepped in. Actually, it was very dramatic. They went to special session. They were out of session. And they wanted to oppose the fact that in Charlotte and Mecklenburg County, okay, you have, you know, Charlotte, you know, very, very big city in North Carolina and also tends to be somewhat left of center, they passed an ordinance saying in government, uh, in government, any government building, that uh, there would be no limitation as far as gender. So, yeah, if a man go into a woman's bathroom or vice versa, and even in government locker rooms, there aren't a lot of those, but they're there, and that, that was even more outrageous. So the way North Carolina Constitution is written, municipalities are not autonomous, meaning their municipalities can only do what the state legislature says they can do. Now, I really don't think that is a good idea for a lot of reasons. I mean, because centralized power tends to get abused. It really does. You know, we, we really want more autonomous government. So to me, the way it should have played out in Charlotte-Mecklenburg is that if Charlotte wanted to go ahead with that, you know, filthy and disgusting ordinance, let people that are decent move out of Charlotte and also you know, not solicit government agencies in Charlotte. Things take care of themselves that way. You know, let Charlotte lose money. So the legislature you know, dramatically meets in special session. They pass House Bill 2. And all House Bill 2 does, and no one really, you know, a lot of people didn't look at it, it only involves, again, government agencies, you know, government buildings. It's not the entire 
it's not private businesses. So, you know, private businesses can still discriminate as you know, disgusting as that is. Yeah, they didn't go that far. But the real kicker to me, the really the, the illuminating fact about HB2 and a lot of proponents as well as opponents of HB2 don't realize this, is that the only penalty in HB2 is if you're a man and you are, something's wrong with you, okay, whether you say you're transgender or not. You know, something's wrong with you and you want to use a woman's bathroom or vice versa. Uh, I don't now advocate, you know, that perversity. Okay, it's wrong. If you do that in North Carolina, all it is under HB2 is trespassing. So think how, how outrageous that is. It's trespassing. It's not even a misdemeanor. And, yeah, they love this. I mean, this was planned, in my opinion, this was planned between the so-called left and right in this state because they love fake debates. That they they love fake debates about things that do very that do very little. First off, I mean, it is it is difficult. It's not impossible to enforce HB two. I mean, it's obviously easier doing a locker room than a bathroom where people could get in now pretty quickly. But the real thing again, the real issue is is that it's just trespassing. I mean, trespassing should be if someone you know. You know, wanders onto your property. You know, it, maybe someone's driving a bicycle on your property or a motorcycle. That's that's trespassing. If you know, they don't know where the boundaries are. That's trespassing. Trespassing isn't when you're a man and you use a woman's bathroom. Trespassing isn't when you're a man and, and you use a woman's locker room. That should be a misdemeanor. Okay, someone should be someone should be arrested if that happens. But this whole HB2 debate was framed as extremism. And it's sad to say you had people under mind control in North Carolina on the so-called left saying, well, I'm going to vote against Pat McCrory because he's against gays. <laughs> it's just like, it's, it, it's just, it's so insane. And then you had people basically uh, praising a fake conservative like Dan Forrest because he spoke in favor of HB2. And again, people are ignorant. They have no idea. It's, I mean, we're talking about trespassing here. And they're also really not talking about how it's going to be enforced. But we're talking about trespassing. So that's a great issue, though, that illustrates this idea of, of really a fake debate. Uh, the news that was spun on HB2, the way it was framed again, was largely fake. Because the corporate media did not, did not ever say, well, guess what, the penalty is trespassing. And I think if people on the so-called left as well as so-called right realize this, it wouldn't have generated as much uh, as much debate. But they wanted that debate because they want to create the illusion of choice. It's a wonderful debate that will that will change very little. But then people could stick, yeah, you know, could wave their flag and say, "Well, I'm a conservative. I'm a social conservative. I'm for H2. Or I'm 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 a liberal. Yeah, I'm a liberal Democrat. I'm against HB2." and not realize what's involved, which is trespassing, not even a misdemeanor. So having having taken, uh, having gone on that little trip, I'm talking about fake news tonight. <laughs> uh, there, is, there is a high degree of control over corporate news. And part of this debate, again, over fake news is they're attempting to change the narrative because they're losing that. Or by the narrative, I mean they're losing... Not just the story, they're losing the way people interpret stories. And as I said before, the corporate media continues to lose credibility, as they should, <laughs> because, <laughs> because people know there's just, there is an agenda. I mean, time after time, uh, there is an agenda. It's very, it's very obvious to many people, uh, whether you agree with that point of view 
or don't. And yeah, here's here here would just be a minor tidbit too. Before before the election, okay, and people on the show know, yeah, I was on the Trump train, and then I, I departed the Trump train, largely when he chose Pence as his vice president, since uh, Mr. Pence, when he was in Congress, voted against all of <laughs> all of Mr. Trump's core issues. He voted against, he voted for illegal immigration. He voted for the fake free trade agreements. And uh, we see now, too, and I really don't want to get on Trump tonight, but uh, we see now with the appointments, uh, this guy over the CIA, I believe, Pompeo, it's it's not looking good for Donald. It's really not for a so-called outside. In any case, I departed the Trump train, so I'm saying not to qualify what I'm about to say about Hillary. Uh, the talking points that were getting circulated when she was when she was running, again, was, uh, you know, when Trump had said, you know, he wouldn't necessarily accept the uh, – the outcome of the election, because there might be fraud, they said that was outrageous. Then she allegedly concedes. Now we have Jill Stein working with Democrats, working with Democratic operatives, and they want to recount Wisconsin and some other states. They're saying Wisconsin as well as Pennsylvania and Michigan. So you see the mind control. One thing is said. It was outrageous when Donald Trump said he wouldn't accept it, but now it's acceptable. Same thing, too, some people... Some people on the so-called neoliberal side, on the so-called left, are saying, "Well, you know, President Obama should just give blanket, blanket amnesty to Hillary in case she's charged," which you really can't do. But obviously, presidents aren't. It's not just Obama; they're not constrained by the rule of law. They're not constrained by the Constitution anymore. So, before, when she was running, before she lost, the talking point was there was nothing wrong with thirty thousand. Emails that you know, there's nothing there's nothing illegal about her running a private server with classified mail that went all over the place. There's nothing wrong with that. But now it's well, she should get a blanket. She should get blanket amnesty. She should be pardoned. She should be really pre-pardoned. Do you see the problem there? Do you see the mind control? Why should she get pardoned if she wasn't lying and there was nothing illegal about it? And pretty much, I mean, people on the so-called left they were pushing that. Yeah, she, you know, this is all. It's all propaganda on the right. You know, she didn't do anything illegal. So why does she get why should she get pre pardoned if nothing was illegal? Fake news. Uh John Rappaport is uh John Rappaport's a good writer. He uh he go his his site which said for years no more fake news. Uh no more fake news. And you just do uh startpage dot com or duck duck go dot com. Duck duck go dot com. Search for John Rappoport, R-A-P-P-O-P-O-R-T. He writes really, really good things. He was one of a minority of people that was in the corporate media years ago. He saw it was a scam, and he made the difficult choice, but he broke out on his own. A lot of people don't in the media, just like in other walks of life, because they get used to the money, they get used to standard of living, and, uh, yeah, they do it. It becomes much more difficult than to... uh, you know, draw a line in the sand and just say, well, I'm not going to go along with that. Cheryl Atkinson had worked for CBS. You could do an internet search, too, on Cheryl Atkinson. She had left CBS because uh, she knew they were spinning stories, research she had done on vaccinations, among other things. But, you know, she was brave enough. Uh, she walked away. John Rapport wrote, wrote a piece. Uh, this was this was dated November 18th. Major media crash. They need a scapegoat. And uh, this this is from his piece. He says they keep telling the American people, Hillary Clinton. They kept telling the American people, 
Hillary Clinton was going to win the election. In every way they could think of, they told the American people this was a good idea. Then on election night day, the media crashed. The results came in. The media went into deep shock. As protests and riots then spread across America, just a few riots, the media neglected to mention, A, they'd been bashing Trump because he said he might not accept the outcome of the vote, which I kind of said already, and B, here were large numbers of people on the Democrat side who weren't accepting the outcome of the vote. A new campaign had to be launched. Suddenly on cue it was Hillary Clinton lost because, quote, fake news, end quote, about her had been spread around during the campaign. Fake news sites. That was the reason. These fake sites had to be punished somehow. They had to be defamed, blocked, censored. Here's an excerpt from a list of fake news sites suggested by one professor. And this was some some, neo, <laughs> some one neoliberal professor. Um, this became authoritative. Yeah, it hit all over the country. Her list became authoritative. World Net Daily had a great piece on her. This list is circulating widely on the web. Okay, this was fake news sites. Project Veritas, James O'Keefe's organization, which does legitimate investigative journalism. Infowars, whether you love or hate Alex Jones or in between, uh, they they do they do share and uh, make a lot of uh, good stories. Uh, they make those popular. Breitbart, again, whether you love or hate Breitbart, they do circulate stuff other people ignore. Coast to coast AM, well that's yeah, borders on the uh, so-called paranormal, but they do some political stuff. Natural News, Mike Adams, good stuff. He does some political things. Always all over GMO, all over vaccines. Zero Hedge, largely. That's uh, both financial and political. Zero Hedge is a great site. Daily Sheeple, great new media site. Activist Post, great media site. And both Daily Sheeple, especially Activist Post, they aggregate. They, they use. They don't just have their own writers. They uh. They, they circulate other, other writers, like Free, Free Thought Project on Activist Post. Okay, 21st Century Wire. Free Speech Bill of Rights, never heard of it. Obama put in his two cents because in an age, because in an age where there's so much active misinformation, this is from Barack Hussein Obama, a.k.a. Barry Satoro, because in an age where there's so much active misinformation, and it's packaged very well and it looks the same when you see it on a Facebook page or you turn on your television. If everything seems to be the same and no distinctions are made, then we won't know what to protect. <laughs> uh, excuse me. We won't know what to protect, meaning what to favor, what to promote, what to lie about, meaning only some speech is free. Obama is way, way behind the curve. Thousands of websites and blogs have been exposing major media as fake for years. I started no more fake news. Rap Reports article I'm reading from. I started no more fake news.com in 2001. If Google, Facebook, and Twitter keep expanding their censorship of disfavored messages, they're going to pay a price. More and more users will go elsewhere. The facade of the major media is getting thinner. You can see a glow of rage and resentment behind it. They're desperately looking for revenge on the millions and millions of people who are deserting them and laughing at them. They presume too much. They presume they had us in the palm of their hand. We were their property. We were transfixed by the authority. All that is going away. Bye, bye. The big shift is accelerating independent media are in ascension. Understand that. Recognize that the impossible is happening. 
fake news sites, please. The major media are the biggest fakes the world has ever seen. <laughs> Their anchors and star reporters are bloviating cranks. They're dinner theater actors. Over the years, I've talked to some of them. Again, I'm reading from uh, Rappaport's article. I've warned them of their coming troubles. They were miles away from believing me. Now, they're starting to sweat blood. Major media news for America is still basically manufactured in New York and Washington, D.C., plus occasional outbursts from Hollywood creatures who bemoan the decline of inclusive liberalism as they expand their gun-toting security staffs and big, deeper bunkers. And that, 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 that's a good point in passing. You ever run to a neoliberal, uh, especially... If it's a if if it's a rich or famous neoliberal, let's say you don't like guns, uh, are there do you have any security? Is there any security where you live? Is there any security where you work? Are they armed? Why? If guns are evil, <laughs> the New York Washington axis exists in a self-serving bubble, which has now taken serious punctures. The delusional attacks against fake news sites underlies how out of touch these elites are with the rest of the country. Independent media outlets are winning. They won't be stopped. When the people who now head the tech giants were growing up, they were heralding the Internet as a new era of free information exchange. But now that they find themselves working with the government in the surveillance state, they're fronting for censorship. In fact, they're showing up. They're showing that they're never, they were never for freedom. That was opposed all along. They were, from the beginning, agents of repression. And a side note on that, you do a little research about uh, Google, uh, about how uh, InQtel is a wholly owned research arm, wholly owned by the CIA. Do, do some research about the intelligence connections with Google. Do some research about the intelligence and government connections with Facebook. Okay, Google and Facebook, if, if you don't realize this, it wasn't just that some people at the right place at the right time uh, understood the internet. Uh, these people were backed by people in the government, by government agencies. I'm not going, I'm not going to go into that tonight. You can do some research on that. Uh, fake websites. What about fake companies? What about Google, Facebook, Twitter? Behind their happy messages, or he says happy, happy messages, they were built to propagandize, profile, and control. And that's the essence, really. I'm going off of... Uh, deviating again from uh, expanding on what Rapport said. That's the essence really of Google. Uh, Google was designed not as a search engine. It was designed as a marketing tool, and it was brilliant because they said, how can we get people to tell us everything about them? Well, uh, use a centralized search engine, and you know, they keep that information like literally forever. So every site you read, anything you buy, it's there. <laughs> That's uh, that's Google. That's one of the reasons I refuse to use Google. Uh, understand this. Uh, major media have a rock bottom article of faith. It is we own the news. They can't give it up. They'll never give it up. It fuels everything they do. It's a substance and core of their attitude. As their ship goes down below the waves, they'll be chanting, we own the news. But they don't. Truth, they never did. For a time, they managed to sell that delusion to the people. That time is drawing to a close. The elite political class and their media minions fear more than, than independent news 
countering their own news. For obvious reasons, every civilization down through history has had its own monopolistic media, its central broadcasting system, its controlled outlet, but now the one has become many. That is the threat. The rapid proliferation of the many is an unpredictable X factor. The population is waking up to decentralized media. Instead of the hypnotic attachment to one basic information source, the habit of a lifetime, the public is learning to handle multiple sources. Therefore, the hypnotic spell is begin and dissolved. This is the basic problem for the elites. How then, how can they reinstate the trance? By trying to censor the internet? You know, now the internet under Barack Hussein Obama, it's under international control, if you didn't know. By creating a sudden war or the disaster briefly unifying the country? These are not permanent solutions, particularly since more and more people understand such maneuvers and their true aims. Awake is awake, putting the genie back in the bottle, particularly when major media denizens aren't very bright, as evidenced by the latest fake news scam, is on the order of trying to perform a piece of stage magic after the audience has already learned how it's done. Of course, the media clowns will try, and in the process, they'll further expose themselves and actually assist in the awakening. Boom. John Rappaport. That was his piece. Major media crash. They need a scapegoat. No more fake news.com, November 18th, 2016. Uh, what is going to happen when more and more people see there is no credibility to CNN, ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox News? They lose their power. And then, in effect, because they're, they're functioning as an outlet, as a mouthpiece of the government, they lose their control. Phone number here is 619-638-8559. I have one caller. Hello. You are on the air. Hello. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. My name is Suzette. How are you doing? Good, good. What state are you calling from? California. Wow. California. So, what do you think about fake <laughs> Where are you located at? I'm sorry. Where are you located North at? North Carolina with Pudgy Miller, not in the same town, but in the great state of North uh-huh. Carolina. Oh, I saw a 619 for the call-in number. That's why I inquired. <laughs> but the fake news that you were asking about there, um, it exists. It has existed. And with this uh, our internet, which is our last source, I think, or I believe, um, of true news or access to true news anyway, is slowly diminishing further and further ever since the FCC was, had taken over. Even though Congress still has to oversee, the FCC pretty much will do what they want to do and they will implement things slowly to where now we're completely censored. I don't know. It's sad. Yeah, Drudge says, uh, Drudge Fordsworth, he doesn't give many interviews, and uh, Matt Drudge was on the Alex Jones show again, whether you love or hate Alex Jones. Uh, yeah, Alex puts out some interesting stuff, some stuff other people don't cover, and the interview with Drudge, there's a lot of, a lot of neat things about, but probably the most provocative thing he said was this, is that he wouldn't disclose his source. He did say a sitting Supreme Court justice told him they were going to eventually rule that uh, anyone on the internet 
that would share a link to another story, that that would then be deemed uh, illegal. It would be deemed a violation of copyright, and that would effectively <laughs> put Drudge out of business. And uh, Drudge basically, yeah. I mean, he's obviously he's made you know, a name for himself. He's made a lot of money. But uh, um, in that interview, you should check it out. He basically says, you know, he's been told that's their plan is going to happen. And he goes, you know, Alex, if it does happen, I've had a great run. But uh, again, even uh, you know, a little site that I do, if you can't link to other sites, that's pretty much the end of the power of the internet, is it not? Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, we're we're so close to there now. People, many people don't understand what's going on with that, and it's slowly being done under the guise of security. <laughs> and um, yeah. it's, it's so sad, you know, as far as the security goes. The internet is 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 free and should be open. That's the way it was intended to be. And, and now it seems like everything is either commercialized or um, access to things are, are, like I said, slowly diminishing. Yeah, Unless I you're mean, a hacker, of course. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, the, the way the Internet was designed, from my understanding, I haven't looked at it deeply, is that it was supposedly designed that it was really a military application in the event of a nuclear war if all of the communications went down, they would use the internet. So to me, if that's true, I mean, it is fascinating that here you have, you had something that was a military invention or application that was used to, you know, really empower people. But now, obviously, they're attempting to limit that. They, they want to dial it back because it's not working exactly as they intended it to do. I think any heavy-handed tactic, if George is right, I think if the Supreme Court did that, I mean, it, it it's interesting to know what would really happen overnight because obviously you could you know, have servers abroad. You could have servers in other places. Uh, some companies already do that. So it, it's hard for them. Yeah, how do you really shut it down? Then? I guess it's through the ISPs, Internet Service Providers, but it'd be, mm-hmm. if they did move, I think they control us through, in many measures, they control us through incrementalism, through one step at a time, so we don't realize, you know, the freedom that we lose. It's just like a child born after two th- after 9-11. They don't realize what it's like to go through an airport and not be molested. So it's just normal mm-hmm. for them, uh, you know, to, yeah. to, to go through that humiliation. So to me, if they did use that heavy-handed tactic... And I think, you know, that the people make these decisions in the Pentagon or, you know, Langley, Virginia, and the CIA, they know there's going to be a backlash. So they really have to be careful if they move too fast. So, but who knows? I mean, people do get scared. I mean, you mentioned the security angle. If there was a war or if, uh, you know, if a nuclear device went off in the States, I think a lot of people would be scared enough to tolerate something they wouldn't otherwise. So who knows? Sure, sure, and it could be our guys that are actually setting things off here in order to to instill that fear, and yeah, yeah, and then make it propaganda, possible. you know. Yeah, Ron, Ron <laughs> Paul just... recently said, Ron Paul recently warned Trump in a public piece uh, to beware of a fault, be be cautious of the potential of a false flag attack. <laughs> so, <laughs> did he really? <laughs> oh yeah. Wow. Yeah, you go to Ron Paul's site. Uh, you can search it on DuckDuckGo.com. Ron Paul. Warns Trump false flag. Yeah, yeah. Ron Paul said said yeah. that in the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. I use Mozilla or, or DuckDuckGo, Google, and when people say, "Oh, let me Google it," <laughs> I just laugh. 
<laughs> well, they've done uh, a very effective job making it like, you know, the Q-tip of Internet search engines. So. Yes, they have. Yes, they have. Uh, they direct you right where they want you to go. And, uh, and they don't. if you don't visit another search engine, then you don't realize what else is out there. You just get the same stuff. And what's even more interesting is that if when you get that list of, of news stories, let's uh, let's say a particular news mm-hmm. story came up about I don't know something with the environment. The only thing that would be different would be maybe the headline, but for the most part, they all stay within the same purview, and they it's almost like it's copy and pasted in USA Today in the on the Hill in New York Times, and mm-hmm. <laughs> the same story with except for just a few words that are changed. Like you yeah, said, yeah, as far as investigative that. journalism, that's a great point. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to touch on that tonight. I'm going to touch on that as far as how, just how scripted everything is. Did you have anything else to add? Oh, no, no. I just wanted to just add my two cents. I was listening to you, what you had to say. I was like, oh, wow, this this guy is right on point. <laughs> so, well, thank you for thank calling. You. Call again. Have a good thank night. Thank you. Thank you. You Take too. Care. Phone number 619-638-8559. We were talking about fake news. And my position is that the greatest purveyors, the greatest propagators, the greatest masters of fake news are the government in our country, the U.S. government, or the government's do it, assisted with their partners in crime, the corporate news media. Do you understand, did you ever think about, you talk about mainstream media, corporate media, do you know how how few people really control what is out there. A story a story came out in 2012. About six corporations control 90% of the media in America. Six corporations control 90% of the media in America. And since that came out, there's been a couple of, uh, there's been a little bit of a shakeup. We're still talking about six companies controlling that much. When we say the media, we're talking about print, uh, newspapers talking about print magazines, talking about television news, talking about cable news, as well as a lot of the entertainment, which of course is extremely influential and powerful. Uh, we talked about uh, Edward Bernays, who wrote the book Propaganda. Uh, he's called the father of public relations. Edward Bernays talked about the engineering of consent. Edward Bernays was used by the U.S. government during World War One to sell the idea of World War One, Then the United States people were much more conscious of U.S. history and of the rule of law of the Constitution, and the U.S. had followed up into World War One. George Washington's advice, as reflected in his farewell address, never to get involved in a European conflict. Bernays was given the job to persuade the U.S. public that the U.S. entering what was then called the Great War would be good. So Bernays gave us slogans such as World War I was, which they called the Great War at the time, the war to end all wars. Of course, that was a lie. It was not. Uh, he gave us the slogan that uh, World War I, which was then called the Great War, was uh, the, war, <laughs> the war to keep the world safe for democracy. A pretty interesting coming from the U.S., which was a democratic republic when democracy is mob rule. But those slogans had great power, very persuasive. Bernays had a lot to say about the engineering of consent, 
But again, back to the six, six corporations controlling 90% of the media in America. If we break that down, I want to look at that list. Again, it's changed a little bit. Okay, that list. To give you an idea about how it's consolidated. In 1983, 9% U.S. media, news media, was owned by 50 companies. 50. 2011, that 9% was controlled by six companies. Then one of them was GE. GE has since sold NBC, so I think NBC would be the big player then, NBC with Comcast. And now, if you didn't hear it, they're talking about Comcast merging with Time Warner. So then we go from six to five or five to four, depending upon how you count it. But you have NBC, uh, News Corps, which owns Fox, obviously, the Wall Street Journal, the New York Post, Disney, which owns ABC, ESPN, Pixar, Miramax, Marvel Studios, Viacom, owns MTV, Nick Jr., BET, CMT and Paramount Pictures, Time Warner, Jones CNN, HBO, Time and Warren Brothers, CBS, also also owns Showtime, Smithsonian Channel, the NFL.com, uh, game shows like Jeopardy, and of course shows like 60 Minutes. So the concentration is not good. It's easier for the powers that be to control and manipulate the public when you have fewer players out there. Again, the internet as our last caller just mentioned, really threw a wrench into that. And that's part of the reason why they're attempting to deconstruct the Internet uh, and to really remove it from the power that the people have to freely communicate. Because all the propaganda in the world isn't going to matter if people don't believe it. I mean, do you get that? Uh, As highly sophisticated as the government is, the mainstream media with their mainstream media partners and associates doesn't matter i mean you could have you could have two companies controlling 99% of the media if the people out there are don't believe it it's still not going to matter is it is it much and they know that and that's part of the reason why they are moving upon our last bastion of unfiltered truth, really, unfiltered news and opinion, and that is the Internet. They are moving rather fast. I had said before that uh, corporate news is scripted, uh, even when you look at the local affiliates, the local local affiliate level, ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox. And uh, I'm going to take a break. We're going to come back, and I'm going to talk. I'm going to play a video, and uh, you can judge for yourself just about how scripted even local news is when we come back. K-I-R-P Radio! How many more innocent people? How many more? How many more? What has been the number one cause of unnatural death in history? Democide, or death by government, has killed 290 million people on record. Look it up. Go look it up. In the 20th century, government murdered four times as many people as were killed in all the international and domestic wars combined. USSR, 61,911,000 people killed. Hitler's Germany. 
nearly 21 million people killed. Japan's imperialism, nearly 6 million people killed. Western colonization killed over 50 million people. Pol Pot's Cambodia, funded by the U.S. government, 2 million people killed. China's Communist Party, as many as 76 million people killed between 1949 and 1987. And the list goes on and on. Demand to know why the Department of Homeland Security bought more than 1.6 billion hollow point bullets. How many more people does government have to kill? Enough. Enough. Demand an end to citizen disarmament. As an American. As an American citizen. As a patriot. For your children. Enough of the people laying down and letting government kill them in mass after disarming them as they've done throughout history over and over again. Now is the time. It's time. It's time to realize that when the government takes your guns, people die. It's time to realize the biggest threat to you and your family is government. It's time to recognize government is the greatest killer of all time. Demand they show you the word hunting in the Second Amendment. Demand our politicians uphold the Constitution and Bill of Rights as they swore to when they took office. It's time for our leaders to read the Constitution. It's time for our leaders to obey the Constitution. The Constitution. The Constitution. Because a well-regulated militia with 10-round magazines wouldn't last very long. So now you know the most dangerous thing to you and your family in the world is government. Because mass murderers agree, gun control works. K-I-R-P Radio! It's Rocco P. Last Friday night of the month on the K-I-R-P Radio Show. Tonight I am addressing the pervasive problem of fake news. Fake news, corporate media outlets, mainstream media is deeply concerned about fake news and the talking points been circulated that... Hillary Clinton, formerly Hillary Rodham Clinton, formerly Hillary Rodham, would not have won the election if it was not for fake news sites and fake news stories. I do not believe that's true. In uh, in one piece in Washington's blog, you go to washingtonsblog.com. That's washingtonsblog.com. It's a great piece. It's an anonymous writer. Uh, He's produced some amazing research over the years. I don't know if it's a group of people or not, but uh, they did some amazing stuff on 9-11 Truth. But he published a piece uh, on uh, November 23rd called Who's the Biggest Peddler of Fake News? And he mentioned he used Google Trends, he used the enemy's analysis showing that in late October in late October the phrase fake news exploded in terms of internet searches. And he also mentioned in the last month that Barack Hussein Obama, aka Barry Satura, as I mentioned, Merkel in Germany, CNN, the New York Times, Washington Post, and many other mainstream media outlets had warned about the dangers of fake news. I had mentioned that uh, to a very large degree, it is scripted. 
it is scripted. I'm going to play a piece from 1975. Uh, 1975, this uh, this video, a few minutes, incorporates uh, some statements by Frank Church. Frank Church was a senator. He's a Democrat. And uh, he was from Idaho. Uh, he served in the Senate for a long time, from 1957 to 1981. Uh, he died in 1984. And he had oversaw when he was in the Senate, what came to be known as the Church Committee, which the official name was the United States Senate Select Committee to study governmental operations with respect to intelligence activities. That was the official name of the Church Committee, was the United States Senate Select Committee to study governmental operations with respect to intelligence activities. As a precursor to the U.S. Senate Select Committee on Intelligence, when when uh, Senator Church did this, uh, it was really groundbreaking because we could talk about the phrase the shadow government, or some people use the phrase deep government. And at times, we get a glimpse into the powers that be, in other words, the powers beyond the politicians, by and large, are front men. Uh, and that's not to say that they're all corrupt. I think I think most are. Uh, similar to those in the news media. There's some that are complicit in the corruption. There's others that intentionally choose to look the other way to just uh, you know, line their pockets to make their friends and family money. That's what it's all about, to many if not most. But when the church committee came out, we got a glimpse into the shadow government or deep government. I'm going to play this video. And you may not know that it was public knowledge in 1975 that the CIA went on record in a Senate hearing admitting that they were directly influencing U.S. news. And if you didn't know by law, CIA is not supposed to interfere domestically with the United States public. It's not, that's not their function. The CIA was created after World War II. It had been the OSS, the, uh, I believe the Office of Strategic, uh, uh, or oh, maybe OSS, Office of Strategic Operations, I'm not sure. But it had been a wartime agency, was transformed and reorganized and made permanent as a Central Intelligence Agency after World War II as part of uh, you know, sweeping laws that had changed the U.S., really kept the U.S. on a war footing after World War II. That's when the Department of War became permanent. They just called it the Department of Defense. Uh, the OSS became the CIA, became permanent, Central Intelligence Agency. Joint Chiefs of Staff became permanent. So really, the U.S. never, and to a large degree, the U.S. never stopped fighting World War II of the bases that the U.S. Uh, had built and used during World War II. They never really left, uh, albeit in Western Europe, I mean, and elsewhere in Japan. So this committee was very interesting. And like I said, as I said before, most people don't realize that in 1975, if you look at the public record, congressional record, the CIA admitted to manipulating the U.S. the U.S. public through the news media. I'm going to play that. I'm going to play this video now. It's a compilation of a few statements. I thought that it was a matter of uh, real concern that planted story is intended to serve a national. That video, unfortunately, I have a little technical difficulty. My computer is not up to snuff. What could I say?
See if, it's showtime. See if I could get that back. Give me a moment. But it was Frank Church, Senator Church, who was initially speaking at the committee. This is stuff I didn't learn. I don't know about you. Stuff I didn't learn in uh, didn't learn in high school. And, uh, didn't learn in uh, didn't learn in uh, grammar school either. Real concern that planted story is intended to serve a national purpose abroad. Um, came home and were circulated here and believed here because uh, this would mean that the CIA could manipulate the news in the United States by channeling it through some foreign country. Now, we're looking at that very carefully. Do you have any people being paid by... House, Intel- House Intelligence Committee there saying, do you have any people asking uh, the CIA, CIA official there, do you have any people being paid by the CIA to report news? I believe that was the actual question. Let me see if I can get back there. being paid by the CIA who are contributing to a major circulation American journal. We do have people who submit pieces to other to American journals. Do you have any people paid by the CIA who are working for television networks. This, I think, gets into the kind of uh, getting into the details, Mr. Chairman, that I'd like to get into in executive session. Uh, At CBS, uh, we uh, had been contacted by the CIA. As a matter of fact, by the time I became the head of the whole news and public affairs operation in 1954, ships had been established, and I was told about them and asked if I'd carry on with them. We have quite a lot of detailed information, uh, and we will evaluate it, and we will include any um, evidence of wrongdoing or any evidence of impropriety in our final report and make recommendations. Do you have any people being paid by the CIA? who are contributing to the national news services, AP and UPI. Well, again, I think we're getting into the kind of detail, Mr. Chairman, that I'd prefer to handle in executive session. Do you think you name the news organization? That remains to be decided. I think it was entirely in order for our correspondents at that time to make use of the CIA agent chiefs uh, of station 
and other members of the executive staff of CIA as sources of information which were useful in their assessments of world conditions. Would you say that continues today? Well, I, yeah, I would think probably for a reporter it would continue today, but because of all of the revelations of the period of the 1970s, uh, it seems to me that a reporter's got to be much more circumspect in doing it now, or he runs the risk of uh, at least being looked at with considerable disfavor by the public. I think you've got to be much more careful about it. Uh, the last gentleman who was speaking was with uh, he was with he was with CBS News uh, from like 1954-1961. So a lot of the way this was spun when this went on this broken church committee, and you heard you know the CIA official and uh, he admitted to it, and then he didn't want to give details. <laughs> he just asked about AP and UPI and about particular uh, broadcasters on TV. He said he wanted to go into executive session. But again, we get a glimpse into the shadow government then. But the gentleman speaking a couple of times in the video at the end worked for CBS, 5461. And the way this was spun is that, well, this was just basically anti-Soviet propaganda, yet it was still propaganda, and the CIA was still influencing the public. And think about it. Uh, if this happened, it did. This was admitted to CIA in 1975, uh, was basically, you know, had, you know, was planting stories. Uh, and again, it was more than that. But they were planting and shaping stories. Do you think it's better today? And you think, in other words, did the CIA have the CIA have less influence today over corporate media or more? And I would obviously submit uh, they have more influence, much more. Uh, the name of that video, if you wanted to see yourself, is CIA admits using news to manipulate the USA. CIA admits admits using news to manipulate the USA from Church Committee hearings in 1975. If you want to search for that on YouTube, I had mentioned too about local media outlets about how scripted it is and this is a this video there's different variations of it this is this is a very interesting video because again all these everything you're about to hear is from local correspondents local affiliates of network news different parts of the country local affiliates these are no national programs cuz like for years if you ever noticed if you ever did if you ever did watch uh, you know, the nightly news on ABC, NBC, CBS. It was e it's always easy to tell, and you know, I haven't watched in years, that they would present the same stories often in the same order, and then maybe a fluff piece at the end that was different. Uh, so it's not, it was not too difficult uh, to ever, I mean, even apart from the revelation of the CIA in 1975, it wasn't the admission of the CIA in 1975. It was too difficult to see how controlled it was. But as I said before, even at the local level, it is scripted. People are basically saying, to a very large degree, what they're told to. So check out this video uh, again. It's uh, at one level, it is very funny. A child's happiness is priceless, especially on a birthday. A child's happiness is priceless, especially on a birthday. A child's happiness is priceless, especially on a birthday. A child's happiness is priceless, especially on a birthday. Well, a child's happiness is priceless, right? Especially on a birthday. A child's happiness is priceless, especially on a birthday. A child's happiness is priceless, especially on a birthday. A child's happiness is priceless, especially on their birthday. A child's happiness is priceless, especially on a birthday. A 
child's happiness is priceless, especially when it comes to their birthdays. Absolutely. A child's happiness is priceless, especially on a birthday. A child's happiness is priceless, especially on a birthday. Well, a child's happiness is priceless, especially on a birthday. A child's smile is priceless, especially on a birthday. A child's happiness is priceless. Especially on a birthday. You know, a child's happiness is priceless, especially on a birthday. A child's happiness is priceless, especially on a birthday. A child's happiness is priceless, especially on a birthday. The child's happiness is priceless, especially on a birthday. A child's happiness is priceless, especially on a birthday. A child's happiness is priceless, especially on a birthday. You like that? In consumer news, economic factors may take some spring out of the Easter Bunny step this year. Economic factors may take some spring out of the Easter Bunny step this year. Economic factors may take some spring out of the Easter Bunny step this year. Economic factors may take some spring out of the Easter Bunny step this year. Economic factors may take some spring out of the Easter Bunny step this year. Economic factors may take some spring out of the Easter Bunny step this year. Economic factors may take some spring out of the Easter Bunny step this year. Economic factors may take some spring out of the Easter Bunny step this year. Economic factors may take some spring out of the Easter Bunny step this year. Economic factors may take some spring out of the Easter Bunny step this year. Economic factors may take some spring out of the Easter Bunny step this year. Economic factors may take some spring out of the Easter Bunny step this year. Economic factors may take some spring out of the Easter Bunny step this year. Economic factors may take some spring out of the Easter Bunny step this year. Economic factors may take some spring out of the Easter Bunny step this year. Economic factors may take some spring out of the Easter Bunny step this year. Economic factors may take some of the spring out of the Easter Bunny step this year. Uh. Economic factors may take the spring out of the step of the Easter Bunny. Mike Myers says, yeah, baby. 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 Did I say that right? Yes, I said that right. Yeah, baby. Talk show host Conan O'Brien may be about to push the envelope on late night television. Conan O'Brien may be able to push the envelope on late night television. Conan O'Brien may be about to push the envelope on late night Conan O'Brien may be about to push the envelope on late night television. Conan O'Brien may be about to push the envelope on his late night television. Conan O'Brien may be about to push the envelope on late night television. Conan O'Brien may be about to push the envelope on late night television. Conan O'Brien may be about to push the envelope on late night TV. Conan O'Brien may be about to push the envelope on late night television. Conan O'Brien may be about to push the envelope on late night television. Conan O'Brien may be about to push the envelope once again. Late night TV. Conan O'Brien may be about to push the envelope on late night television. Conan O'Brien is looking to push the envelope on late night television. Conan O'Brien may be about to push the envelope on late night TV. Conan O'Brien may be about to push the envelope on late night television. Conan O'Brien may 
be about to push the envelope on late night television. Conan O'Brien may be about to push the envelope on late night television. Conan O'Brien may be preparing to push the late night envelope. And welcome back to the show. Ice cream, you scream. You know the rest. Ice cream, you scream, 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 well, you know the rest. Ice cream, you scream, well, you know the rest. Ice cream, you scream, we all, well, you know the rest. Ice cream, you scream, you know the rest. Ice cream, you scream, we all know the rest. Ice cream, you scream, you know the rest. Ice cream, you scream, well, you know the rest. Ice cream, you scream, you know the rest. Ice cream, you scream, we all know the rest of it, right? Ice cream, you scream, well, you know the rest. Ice cream, you scream, you know the rest. Ice cream, you scream, and you know the rest. Ice cream, you scream, you know the rest. Ice cream, you scream, well, you know the rest. Well, ice cream, you scream, well, I think you know the rest. Ice cream, you scream, you know the rest. Ice cream, you scream, and everybody knows the rest. Ice cream, you scream, well, you know the rest. Ice cream, you scream, you know the rest. Ice cream, you scream, and you know the rest. Ice cream, you scream, you know the rest. I don't find that funny. I find it scary. That was Conan O'Brien at the end. He had compiled, I don't know if all of that or part of that, but uh, if you want to see that video yourself on YouTube, search for Proof That The News Is Scripted. Proof That The News Is Scripted. The channel is The Truth Movement. The Truth Movement. I had mentioned Edward Bernays more uh, Edward Bernays, again, is called the father of public relations. He talked about the engineering of consent. Uh, he was used, really, he was contracted by, uh, his methods were used by multiple countries. Uh, Nazi Germany uh, used Bernays' methods. Uh, in his book, Propaganda, he had wrote, quote, this is a book that was published in 1928, quote, the conscious and intelligent manipulation of the organized habits and opinions of the masses is an important element in democratic society. Those who manipulate this unseen mechanism of society constitute an invisible government, which is the true ruling power of our country. We are governed, our minds are molded, our tastes formed, our ideas suggested largely by men we have never heard of. This is a logical result of the way in which our democratic society is organized. Vast numbers of human beings must cooperate in this manner if they are to live together as a smoothly functioning society. In almost every act of our daily lives, whether in the sphere of politics or business, in our social conduct or our ethical thinking, we are dominated by the relatively small number of persons who understand the mental processes and social patterns of the masses. It is they who pull the wires which control the public mind. And you see his elitist worldview that, uh, he basically says, for democracy, in essence, he's blind. For democracy to work, uh, the masses have to be manipulated. Uh, Bernays talked about motion pictures back then. Again, you're talking about a guy's writing in the late 20s. And uh, he said, the American motion picture is the greatest unconscious carrier of propaganda in the world today. It is a great distributor for ideas and opinions. <laughs> Uh, it is not necessary for the politician to be the slave of the public public screw prejudices if he can learn how to mold the mind of the voters in conformity with his own ideas of public welfare and public service. The important thing for the, state, the statesman of our age 
is not so much to know how to please the public, but to know how to sway the public. Propaganda will never die out. Intelligent men must realize that propaganda is the modern instrument by which they can fight for productive ends and help to bring order out of chaos. Uh, Ours must be a leadership of democracy administered by the intelligent minority who know how to regiment and guide the masses. Is this government by propaganda? Call it, if you prefer, government by education. But education in the academic sense of the word is not sufficient. It must be enlightened expert propaganda through the creation of circumstances, through the high spotting of significant events, and the dramatization of important issues. The statesman of the future will thus be enabled to focus the public mind on crucial points of policy and regimen of vast, heterogeneous, massive voters to clear understanding and intelligent action. <laughs> and that's before, that's not even talking about voting machines, yeah electronic voting machines, computer voting machines, easily being manipulated. (laughs) Uh, Again, Bernays talked about the power of of motion pictures to do it. Think about how more effective now, uh, how, how more effective mass media is, how much more sophisticated it is now. Yeah, not only have we had color motion pictures, you think about color television, but we have high-def television. You have people glued, the social engineers want this, glued to their smartphones. They can't put it down. Think about how much more pervasive, systematic, and influential the media is now than even back in Bernays' day. But Bernays back then spoke of motion pictures because motion pictures are made to meet market demands They reflect, emphasize, and even exaggerate broad popular tendencies rather than stimulate new ideas and opinions. The motion motion picture avails itself only of ideas and facts that are in vogue. (laughs) And one more quote by Bernays tonight. Propaganda becomes vicious and reprehensible only when its authors consciously and deliberately disseminate what they know to be lies or when they aim aim at effects by... which they know to be prejudicial to the common good. So you see that the elitist, the disgusting elitism of Bernays, they know what's good for the, they know what's good for the people. They know the common good. People don't. And uh, how, how do you define a lie? Uh, world War One wasn't the war to end all wars, <laughs> and certainly didn't keep the world safe for democracy, which is really not something uh, the U.S. should have been involved in anyhow. Uh, it's amazing, but. The uh, propaganda today is far more sophisticated, and that's why they are going after the Internet. I'd like to wrap this up with uh, Ron Paul. Ron Paul had uh, Ron Paul once again had a piece where he did discuss who he believes the, uh, the biggest peddlers of fake news are. And he essentially agreed with the post by Washington's blog, the post that I have... Uh, I've shared tonight, my well, the position I've shared tonight, the biggest purveyors of fake news are the corporate or major major uh, news outlets, mainstream media news outlets, basically working in lobster, really working as a function, as a as a mouthpiece of the government. That's uh, that, that those are the biggest purveyors of fake news. But uh, it was it was good to see uh, to see Ron Paul basically uh, take that uh, take that point take that point of view. Uh, since uh, this really this talking point of fake news has been circulated.
Ron Paul reveals his hit list, reveals hit list of alleged fake news journalists. This was published on November 22nd. Well, November 20th, then I think edited on November 22nd, RT. Uh, Melissa, Melissa Zim, Zimdars, uh, she basically, she was the figurehead, I think. She, uh, she was a leftist feminist. She is a leftist feminist professor at a small college, Merrimack, in, uh, in uh, Massachusetts. I think it's a small Catholic college. Uh, so what did Ron Paul say? The real, what was the real fake news? Uh, these are the news sources that told us, if you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor. Do you remember that? Uh, do you also remember when Obama said that with Obamacare, you'd be paying less for your health insurance than your phone bill? In your cell phone bill. Do you remember that? <laughs> they told us that Hillary Clinton had a 98% chance of winning the election. They tell us in never-ending loop that the economy is in great shape. Paul List includes the full names of the fake news journalists as well as the publications they write for with what happens to be hyperlinks to where the allegations are sourced from. In most cases, this is WikiLeaks, but all the hyperlinks are working at present, leaving the exact source of the list unknown. CNN is Ron Paul's biggest culprit biggest alleged culprit, with nine entities followed by the New York Times and MSNBC with six each. The New York Times has recently come under fire from President-elect Donald Trump, who accuses them of being totally wrong on news regarding this transition team while describing them as failing. Uh, CNN's Wolf Blitzer is also among those named on Ron Paul's list. An email from the Democratic National Committee released by WikiLeaks. The DNC staff discusses sending questions to CNN for an interview with Donald Trump. Oh yeah, you go through you go through what was what was uh, released by WikiLeaks. I didn't even get into that tonight. You can stream through that. Tons and tons. I mean, it's openly admitted how closely the media was working with Hillary Clinton campaign in the DNC. They didn't even. I mean, they were letting they were submitting articles for them to edit before they were printed. So good to see Ron Paul still still at times uh, still at times Ron Paul. Former Congressman Ron Paul being relevant. That's good. I'm glad he's not just out there uh, defending Rand Paul, who Rand really doesn't seem to be quite relevant to liberty anymore to me. So I've discussed fake news tonight. We've talked a little bit about the philosophy, how it is engineered, talked about Edward Bernays. Uh, I did reveal the CIA admitted it in the church to me. They admitted they were planting stories and controlling journalists in 1975. Uh, judge judge for yourself. To me, if the CIA was doing it then, to think that that's gone away, it would be uh, it would be folly. That would be erroneous. I quoted, uh, I played that video with you know, from national news from uh, local affiliates of national news outlets all over the country, and you could see the talking points were the same. I scream, you scream, you know the rest. <laughs> Uh, all this is to say, uh, we still have the internet. Uh, understand what the, what the information, how the information battle works. Understand they want you to think in a particular way. And again, it doesn't matter how much they consolidate those outlets. If people don't believe them, they have no power. And that's why uh, that's why things are changing. Hopefully Ron Paul is wrong, and uh, not that he predicted it, but he did also warn Donald Trump about a false flag, because if the U.S. public is scared, then uh, the government never lets a good crisis go to waste. As uh, Ron Manuel said, reflecting really how governments operate throughout the ages, the government uses crisis to uh, 
control of people to restrict their liberties to do things they couldn't normally do. Hopefully that will not be the case under President Trump. I hope you did enjoy the show tonight. Thank you again to Pudgy Miller for the opportunity to guest host this show. You've been listening to the KARP radio show. Last Friday's with Rocco P. Thank you much, and have a have a good night, and have a good week. KARP radio.